0: We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. The sun has risen in Stillwater. They still play football, as far as I know, in, in Oklahoma State. I am Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Kyle Porter. Kyle, uh, is is there a dark cloud hovering over uh, Dallas like there is in Stillwater right now?
1: Yeah, I, I, we were just talking about this off air, but man, going into 2018, it's, it's not... Uh, <laughs> not the best of times football just coming off of uh, I think what anybody that's a reasonable person would have to say is a is a massively disappointing season and basketball is not looking uh didn't look didn't look great on on Monday night against Texas A&M so we'll see how they respond against Pitt we're taping this on Tuesday right before the game starts but um rough times in Stillwater right now
0: yeah Pitt's even worse than OSU aren't they I'm still not even in basketball mode at all. But yeah, yeah. They apparently, are. Pitt stinks.
1: Oklahoma State's favored by like twelve or something. Wow. Yeah. Uh,
0: you <laughs> think they? You think they missed Jamie Dixon at all? You think they were just? You well, think they're happy about their decision just to let him walk back to his alma mater?
1: That's the thing. I mean, that's kind of like the Mark Rick thing, right? I mean, you, you you can and and it worked out for Georgia, but does you know it doesn't always work out. Like sometimes and that's a longer discussion, but, um, I think more than that, I mean, look at the impact Jamie Dixon's had on TCU. They get picked third in the big 12. Are you kidding me? TCU. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And and we see this a lot in, in college sports, just how big of an impact a single coach can make on a, on a program, whether it's football, basketball, or, or whatever.
0: And to that point, I would caution people who are even thinking about just, firing mike gundy or firing everyone in stillwater it, it can get a lot worse so while i do have issues with the coaching staff and i do have issues with how mike gundy's coached this season firing everyone is not always the answer you, you can go way down in and in a hurry if you you make rash decisions like that
1: yeah yeah you can um we've had a we've had a, we turned our sunday video into a podcast so i hope people listen to that we kind of rehashed a lot of uh, the Kansas State game, but also just kind of what's been going on so far this year. I, I want to ask you: um, let's say Oklahoma State wins by thirty against Kansas, or whatever. It's it's a semi blowout or a blowout or whatever. What what changes would you make after the season? I, I mean, what what would you do <clears throat> that is significant? And you, I don't, you don't need to like bring in specific names or whatever. I'm just. I'm just talking about the reshaping of, of the program going forward.
0: Yeah, first and foremost, you, you hire a special teams coach. I don't, I don't care who it is, but you have to have a coach design or designated to special teams because, you know, being being bad at special teams is one thing. Being historically bad, being the worst special teams unit since 2005, which they were for the majority of the season, it's completely unacceptable, and it gets you beat. And it got them beat against Kansas State. Obviously, a lot more went into that loss than just the kick return. But you look at the scoreboard; it, it ultimately, as Mike Gundy said, was the difference. I disagree with that. I think there's a multitude of reasons you lost that game. But first and foremost, I hire a, a special teams coach. It's it's been an abomination for too long. Uh, they were among the best in the country when they had Joe DeForest. I don't know what he's up to these days. If he would come back, ha- if he would come back uh, backwards hat in hand back to Stillwater, I'm not sure. (laughs) But the point being, they were so much better when they had a coach. So that's step one. Step two, as I said on the the post-game show, what happened in 2009 when Mike Gundy, embarrassingly so, got shut out as the offensive coordinator? Granted, they had some injuries. Obviously, they lost Dez. Zach was hurt, but they were shut out against OU and scored seven points against Ole Miss in the bowl game. His hand was forced so mm-hmm. what did he do? He went and got a top offensive coordinator in the country and Dana Horson. Paid paid the money, they forked out the money and hired a top guy. It is time to go hire the best defensive coordinator money can buy outside of Stillwater. Glenn Spencer was on staff with Bill Young. You hired Joe Bob Clements, the defensive line coach who most assume would take over if they got rid of Glenn. Same thing. You gotta go outside your coaching staff and totally change who you are on defense. And that's that to me might be the that, to me, actually might be step one before I even hire a special teams coach because they're not good enough to win championships on defense. No matter what happened this year, no matter how many times the offense went into a shell, the defense simply was not good enough in November, when the games matter most, to win a Big 12 championship. OU doesn't score 62 every week. They uh, they let a 4 string and a third-string quarterback light them up. Kyle, I heard that, or I read somewhere, that OSU has a bottom four defense in the country in yards per play in the month of November. They have gotten shredded by terrible quarterbacks, guys who don't even belong, shouldn't even be playing. And so that that's to me are the two biggest steps. I don't think you, in step three, I don't think you just fire Mike Yersich. I think people that say that are getting a little out of hand now. Does he have some issues as well? Yes. We talked about it on the yeah. post game show there too. It, it's a mystery to me why Mike Gundy—I I put Mike and Mike as, as one because I don't think he lets Yursich off the leash too much too often. I think he did in Bedlam, and we saw the results, and he admitted he did in Bedlam. But Mike Yursich recruited Mason Rudolph. He's recruited Spencer Sanders, who everyone thinks is going to be really good. He obviously can recruit quarterbacks, and to me that's half the battle on offense. If you don't have a good quarterback, you're not any good. And So he's obviously getting talent at that position. They had the second best offense for most of the year in the country. To me, the problem is not on the offensive side; it's on the defense and special teams. Two thirds of the game, they were horrible, and so those are my two biggest things. I would do. What about you?
1: I'm with you on the special teams. I think. I mean, and if they, the fact that they're getting an extra position, I believe that starts in January. Uh, the NCAA is allowing you to have a tenth coach. If they if they don't make that a special teams coach, then there there has to be some side of, sort of like clause in Mike Gundy's contract that he can be fired for such an offense. <laughs> um, in terms in terms of the defense, I, I think I think you got to look at, at both uh, coordinator positions. I, I really do, and and I don't um, look like we've interacted with, with Mike Yersitch and Glenn Spencer. I found them both to be pretty likable. Um, I th- I think that, I think there are times and, and this happens, you see this a lot with head coaches where sometimes you just need to make a change for the sake of change. Now I think with a head coach that can go badly. Like there's more risk when you do it with a head coach and with a coordinator, there's not as much risk. And so I, I think the upside there is, is a little bit higher than if you just make a change for the sake of change with a head coach. Um, I, I would take a look at what Oregon did in kind of the early 2010s, like with Chip Kelly there. Obviously, they were good enough to make the national championship. How did, how did they do that with the kind of, I mean, up-tempo offense? I, I just think – and and we were texting about this yesterday, but there there is a, there is a ceiling on – your defense, not, not within the big 12. Cause TCU, as we've seen has, has a, has a really good defense, but with the type of offense that Oklahoma state runs with how many plays you run with how fast it is, you, you just, I don't know, Carson, maybe they, maybe they move even more scholarships to the defensive side. They're, they're They just don't seem to be, I don't know. Gundy talked about this on Monday. Are, are they deep enough at cornerback? AJ green and Rodarius Williams played like every play this year. What happens if one of those guys goes down? Who, who's playing? You know, and, and so I think that you have to recruit better to that side of the ball, and that again goes to the defensive coordinator who, who's in charge of that unit. So I don't, I don't know. I I can't. Um, I think I'd be more likely to make a change on defense than offense. But I think you got to look at at both positions.
0: You you would look at Mike Yursich, the biggest Mike Yursich defender I know.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, you you can always be better. And I think especially because you're ushering in this sort of new era with um, with Spencer Sanders and with, you know, some of the younger guys that are coming in, I think it's it's kind of a good time for it. Right. You don't you don't want to make a change in Mason Rudolph senior year. That would be that would be silly. Um, He recruited Spencer Sanders. You're going to fire the guy that recruited him. Well, I mean, you think, his, you, think that,
0: you think that'll go well in the Spencer Sanders
1: household? Well, if he's a starting quarterback at a at a Big Twelve school, I don't think he'll care. I'm just saying, we get we get very caught up and 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 I do this as well. We get very caught up in letting um, uh, like is is the not is the result good enough? But could it be could it be a little bit better? And I think on both sides of the ball, you can you can say that it would be, or that it could be.
0: I I disagree about offense. They have the top passing offense in the country. They have the second best total offense. They have two less touchdowns than, than Oklahoma. Two. They have two less touchdowns than Oklahoma. That's fine. They average fine, 10, but... ten ten twenty yards less per game. Like I don't. And Oklahoma has a historically good offense.
1: Yeah, the, all that's fine, but I don't think that they have. I think their offense has let them down in a lot of games this year.
0: Well, I agree with that, but how much of that is Mike Yursich's fault?
1: Yeah, no, you're right. Again, like again, Yurs-
0: Mike Mike Gundy is the one. Wh- you'll never be able to convince me that the Texas game when they're just throwing it all over the field for their first touchdown, and then they have a they give up a 90 yard touchdown, and then they just go into this shell. You're never going to convince me that's Mike Yursich. That is that is Mike Gundy. And again, I go back to what he said after the Bedlam game. He said, "Man, Mike Mike Yursich was calling great plays. He was rolling. I just shut up." Well, that tells you he doesn't shut up all the time. And why is it so startling when they go into these? Like, how, how can they look so different when they go into those shells? To me, that's is that going to change with a new offensive coordinator, or is Mike Gunny going to pipe through the headset again? No, that's, that's partly that's... that's partly why I hired a guy from Shippensburg, so he could so he could override him. <laughs> He got tired of coaching with Munkin and, and Dana, who would ignore him on the headset. Which is great.
1: Which is hilarious.
0: Which so again, if he fi- if he gets rid of Mike Yursich, who has the top passing offense, the second best offense in the country, is he going to hire the inside receivers coach at uh, University of Chicago, Ivy League school? Like, who's he going to hire now?
1: <laughs> going to hire Stillwater High's rec- inside receivers coach? Hey, I get I get pounded on for my Yursich love, so I'm going the that's other why, way. That's why I don't believe I don't believe you right now. I think you're just trying to
0: be more balanced with your Yursich takes.
1: Sure, I mean, why not? Like, why why, why can I not have this take?
0: Because I don't think you really believe it.
1: <laughs> I mean, I I think that I think that Mike Yursich is really good, and I think he's really underrated, but. I also think that you have to you have to you have to think like okay if if I if I get an average coordinator are they still going to have a top um I don't know 25 offense in the country at Oklahoma State just because of the structure at Oklahoma State offensively like if I get an average coordinator are they still going to have a top 25 offense and if they are then maybe Mike Hirsch isn't that much better than average you know, and I, I just I don't know. I, I think back when I think back on the season. Yeah, the defense has not been great and it's and it's been really bad in, in two or three games. Um, but the offense has has let them down a lot. And, and I think that I i just I don't think you should you should let being and I know I've argued the opposite of this all year, but I don't think you should let being a top five or top ten offense uh, dictate. The fact that maybe maybe you should make a change. I really don't.
0: That's fair. I mean, I I'm not again. I, I don't mean to be Mike Yurch's publicist here, but the I fact mean, it, is, it's like college this. football is a is a results based business, and the results are sitting right here. They have, a, they're only number two in the country because they're behind a historically uh, the best offense in 2005 is what they're behind, and again in November. You should you should win games scoring 40 points that's just that's just a fact so I can't really pin the, the disappointment of this season on the offense I just can't
1: it, it's like this Carson if if I so pistols firing the the website that I started and run and you know have people working on and editing and whatever it's going great right like been been our best year ever we're, we're doing well it's it's thriving it's it's all the things that does and 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 i think just universally people would say that um that doesn't mean that if i if i can find somebody who's 10 percent better than me personally as a writer as a cover of of oklahoma state things then why shouldn't i hire them why shouldn't i get rid of myself as a writer and hire that person you know i, I and 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 maybe Maybe Mike Gundy can't do that. Maybe he doesn't want to do that. He does value continuity over, you know, over the course of five or ten years. Um, but I just, I just don't think it's outside the realm of, of possibility and maybe even something that he, he should consider.
0: Well, he, I think he should consider everything. I mean, when you have a season like this with a team that we thought was going to be playoff good, to have three home losses, the last one just in embarrassing fashion, I think everything should be up for review. Everything. So I'm not sitting here saying that Mike Gearson should absolutely still be the offense coordinator. But I'm just saying that, you know, it's a results-based business. And the results were pretty freaking good on on offense. And they were were pretty stinking terrible on defense.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're right. And I think that – I think they will make a change on defense. And I think what will happen is that – I really do think Yursich will um will get a will get a head job somewhere. So I think all of this is a little bit moot in in the sense that I think regardless that they're gonna have to bring in somebody new offensively. Um I, I think that I think what happened in the last two or three years, I think there are a lot of jobs that Yursic could have taken possibly. And then he he kept thinking back about this season, about Mason Rudolph, but about all this stuff, and it's like, well, Let's just ride it out, see what happens, and then see what the jobs are at the end of that. I really do think that that has probably been a thing that's happened, and so now we're at the end of it, and it's. I, I just think it's much more likely that he will take a job somewhere than it was in two thousand sixteen or two thousand fifteen.
0: Yeah, and I, part of me thinks the the usage. I think people are getting a little ahead of themselves when they just assume that he's taking a head coaching job somewhere else. It doesn't appear to me schools are just falling all over themselves to hire Mike Yursich. No, Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I guess Tulane was interested in him last year. Um, Tulane
1: almost got the Gottlieb-Yursich combo. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, how much of that is, is Yursich's, Yursich's agent putting that out there versus genuine interest. I don't know. It's the it's the silly season as far as hiring coaches, but yeah. But you're right. Maybe maybe they'll he'll get hired somewhere and Gundy will hire um, Stillwater Middle School's uh, water boy to be the <laughs> offensive coordinator. Gunner. <laughs> yeah. He's gonna hire uh, Gunner Gundy, yeah. He's quarterback on Friday, offensive coordinator on Saturday.
1: Um I I, 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 I yeah. I think that they should probably make a change on defense and I think that they probably will. And, you know, it, it'll be interesting because it, it it's, it's intriguing. It, I think it'll be one of, if not the biggest off season storyline is just philosophically, what are you going to be on defense? Um, I, I really do think that'll be such a big thing going into the off season. And I mean, you, you said it and, and I, I agree from a, from a general perspective that they haven't been good enough on defense this year. And, and now, now part of this, and my dad said this to me the other day and I sort of agree with it. We sort of took um, the fact that the offense was going to be so good this year. And we, we, we kind of applied like uh, some of those characteristics to the defense, like, Oh, well, they're going to be so good on offense that their team's going to be so good that the defense will probably just be good as well. And I think that there are, there are, expectations of the defense were maybe a little bit higher than they should have been coming in into the year you know um but that doesn't really matter if you if you don't perform and they haven't performed overall in 2017
0: well and there was positives early you know they they have some talent which to me is the most uh damning thing about the defense is there there appears to be quality talent that should not be Fifth or sixth in the Big 12, which is what they are now. Maybe even worse now after the last game. But, but my, and also the, I mentioned this on the post game show. It's like it's funny how Gundy and them can take plays from offenses, but they can't just copy someone else's defense. TCU has the best Big 12 defense. They're holding conference foes. This is from Phil Steele. They're holding conference opponents to 140 yards per game below what they're averaging. Yeah. And they haven't allowed a single point in the second half of the last five games. Like, what are What are they doing in Fort Worth? Like, I know it's Gary Patterson. I know he's a a brilliant defensive mind, but OSU copies offenses all the time. (laughs) Copy TCU, what they're doing. Because I look at TCU's talent, and I don't see just overwhelming NFL talent. I don't see Texas Longhorn-type players that are going to get drafted. I don't. I don't see a Malik Jefferson running around making plays at TCU. To me, it's more scheme. And to me, that's been the biggest downfall this season. It's not just that they've given up points it's the embarrassing fashion in which they've given up points where guys are just disorganized, confused, players running wide open on the offense for the other team. Just, It's been bad. And Again, I like Glenn Spencer. I think he's a good coach. But the, the fact is he's been there five years, and I don't think they're any better than when he took over. In fact, I think they're worse, despite him being able to have more scholarships on the defensive side and him having his own influence on who they recruit.
1: Are they better on offense since Mike Hirsich took over?
0: oh, I don't think that's even a debate, right? Well, right. I guess I guess 2012, they were pretty good under Munkin. Obviously, 2011, they were historically good. But, um, I mean, other than the, the outlier of 2011, I would say they're probably better as an offense, wouldn't you? I mean, the 2013 offense was That's another feather in, in Mike Yurch's <clears throat> cap. Like, Twenty thirteen, they were rolling at the end of the year with, with Clint Chelf until what happened in Bedlam. Did Mike Gundy get on the headset or what? Did they start running the ball? I think so. And they couldn't they literally couldn't block a soul and he somehow comes up with a running game with JW Walsh. That that's the offensive coordinator. Like they couldn't block and he still somehow manufactured a running game. So I think people just overlook all this with Mike Yersich. He had some major obstacles to overcome. No offensive line to speak of, a revolving door at quarterback. Finally gets his own, who is going to be an NFL draft pick. So I, again, I, I think the the, the 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 defense has been the problem for me more than the offense.
1: Hey, you're you're preaching to sure the choir with the Ursich stuff. I've been I've been saying this for, you know. Well, no, and
0: hard. I and I don't think he's been perfect. I think it took him a couple years to learn how to call a game at this level. I still go back to that West Virginia game on the road with, with Walsh and company where, you know, they couldn't run the ball and they just, they're down near the goal line. They just kept trying to, it was just terrible play calling in, in a clutch situation. I I ripped him for that, but I think he's really learned how to call games. And, and again, I just, it's so hard to unravel the mystery that is Mike Gundy and his partnership. You know, it feels like unfairly sometimes Gundy gets all the blame and, and I'm, I've been doing that most of this podcast, but We just don't know at times who's calling what because Gundy's admitted that Les Miles would take over for him in the red zone. How how often has Gundy done that to Mike? You're something we don't know, and I think that's something that would play into Mike's decision as well.
1: Yeah, I think think, um, we could talk for five hours about this. By the way, I was just looking at numbers. We we talk all the time. Oklahoma State doesn't have a championship defense, doesn't have a championship defense, not good enough to get in the playoff. Oklahoma has the 69th best defense in the country.
0: Yeah, but have you have you watched them in November? Again, I've said it all along. They they play much better in November. They're holding teams below thirty.
1: Well, and in I, November, I, and that's the thing. I, I think that's where their depth comes in. People people dismiss <laughs> people like me dismiss depth. Um <laughs> yep. it, it, and I but. Specifically on the defensive side of the ball, like you look at Oklahoma State starters and you're like, yeah, yeah, they're great. But then look at the depth in the secondary. There's no depth there. They've got some fifth-year seniors, you know, your Darius Curries and guys like that, and those guys are fine. But I, I think you know OU has real depth on on the defensive side, and I I think you see that more. Uh, later on in the year, when guys are getting tired, and you can just—I mean, three true freshmen playing against Oklahoma State at the end of the uh, at the end of bedlam, and they and they stop them to win the game. I mean, that that's that's not something I think that that Oklahoma State has. So, um, by the way, 2012. So, uh, Monkins last year in Stillwater, Oklahoma State had the number 11 offense in the country, points per drive. Uh, 2013. They were uh, forty-five, so that was Yaroshevich's first year. Two thousand fourteen, they were eighty-seven. Not good. Quarterback probs. Two thousand fifteen, they were twenty-three. Uh, Two thousand sixteen, they were seventeen, and this year they're number four. So he he kind of he kind of made a made a U. They went from good to really bad and then now they've they've come back up to to being really good. Um and that's hard. I mean, we say they're in a better position now than they were when he took over. It, it's difficult to say that because you've got I mean, players come in and out every 2 or 3 or 4 years and so it it's it, it's different than like an NBA or NFL team where you're like, "Are they is it better as a program since you, since you took over?" You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just it's just hard to determine that when you have different guys coming in year in and year out. So, I don't know. I, final thing on this. I, I don't want it to be said that I'm calling for Mike Yersich's job. That's absolutely not what I'm doing. I'm I've been one of the bigger defenders, uh, much to everyone's chagrin, of Mike Yersich over the last two or three years. All I'm saying is I think it's fair after a season like you've had, which is to go. Nine and three, or nine and four, or whatever you go to look at every aspect. I mean, it's been a monumental disappointment, and I think it's fair to look at offense, defense, special teams, coaches, the whole thing, and try to figure it out going forward.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair, and uh, we'll we'll see because uh, I think Gundy really needs to evaluate that too.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, you, you wrote,
0: go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was, I, before we get to uh, the toast, I also. At some point, I wanted to talk about your list of uh, the worst losses of the Gundy era. <laughs> I, I I agree with it pretty much wholeheartedly.
1: Some people, I'm fine with the people who disagreed with, I, I thought I had the right games on there. I might have not had them in the right order. And I think people had different kind of criteria. Do you want to go through it real quick? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Number one
0: with a bullet. There's no argument at all. It's 2013 Bedlam at home. You're a double-digit favorite to win the Big 12. Uh, You you play like Ted Cruz at the Republican National Convention, conservative. (laughs) That's my Until you're down. Again, (laughs) until you're down. They're down, Kyle. And then what happens? They finally open it up, march right down the field. That's a problem we see in 2013, we see it today in 2017. Number one by
1: far. Oklahoma State's offense is a little bit like, um, y- you may have experienced this, maybe not, but just being around little kids. Like, when when they're acting just like terrors, you're like, just act like a normal human. Like, I don't understand what you're doing right now. And then it, when it gets as bad as you think it can possibly get, then all of a sudden they do a 180 and they're like, they act like adults. And you're like, I, 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 why, why do you not do this all the time? That's what Oklahoma State's <laughs> offense is, is like sometimes.
0: I agree. I don't have the experience with the kids, but I can imagine that's very similar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> number two was uh, last weekend, Kansas State 2017. And I agree, you're a 20 point favorite. It hasn't been very many times, Kyle, that OSU has been just stomped at home. Yeah. Especially by a team that's the three point underdog, but just, just, just stomped in general like that.
1: Yeah. Not, not good. I think because the big 12 is a little bit out of reach, I could be talked into moving that down, but I just thought it was kind of embarrassing, you know, and, and and there was still technically a lot at stake. So I I had it right up there and at least in the top three or four. And I, I put it at two, maybe that's prisoner of the moment, but I felt like it was pretty bad.
0: Yeah, they played like it was the last game of the year, and that TCU has already beaten Baylor. Like, yeah. there's been bigger upsets than Baylor over TCU. Now it'd be a huge one for sure, but uh, an even bigger upset is the number three loss on uh, on the Gundy list. Number three at Iowa State, 2011, probably the probably the most heartbreaking for OSU fans, considering it knocked them out of a national title game. And people forget they were up 24 to seven with yep. 27 minutes left. That's yep. a, just a absurd stat.
1: That's not good. That is not good. Um, have you watched that game over? I, I haven't. <laughs> Are you
0: serious? Well, I mean, like you know, like even like the day or two afterwards, like how in the world did they give up a twenty-seven or a twenty-point lead?
1: Well, they just—I think they went into the—if I—I I have not watched it. If I remember correctly, I think they just went super conservative late, and and then they just couldn't. Yeah, Yeah, they just couldn't get anything going when they when they, you know. Firemunkin. When, when they had to have it and you know, that 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 team relied on its defense to create turnovers a lot. They had a lot of defensive scores and and I think they led the country in turnover margin and I think they had a, a maybe an interception return that night uh early and then yeah, they Sean Lewis. They, yeah, there you go. And then they couldn't do it late and and Alex
0: got, Elkins, Alex Elkins produced the turnover that set up the game-winning field goal.
1: Uh, the game, oh, that Quinn Sharp missed? He made it, but yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Is that an asterisk <laughs> game? Is that like the Central <laughs> Michigan?
0: <laughs> Maybe not as big, but uh, a, a lost one. People forget about this one, too. Uh, Houston at home, 2009. They, they're they coming off the Georgia game. They're on the front page of Sports Illustrated, the cover, Des Bryant is, and then they, get, they got roasted pretty good by Dana Holgerson and uh, Case Keenum.
1: Yeah, in retrospect, it was a pretty, pretty decent Houston team. They had some pros on that team. They they had, uh, I think, was someone the coach that year?
0: Uh, I believe so. Dana Sum- was the OC.
1: Yeah, someone, Dana, Case Keenum, who I th- he's still in the NFL, isn't he? Yeah,
0: he's winning games with the Vikings. Yeah.
1: He's playing um, over Sam Bradford. That was such a stomach punch game, though, because y- y- I don't know why we didn't see it coming, but I didn't see it coming, and I just remember being there and being like, wow. Oklahoma State just beat Georgia last week, and now they're getting housed by Houston. Houston was up like twenty-four to three at halftime, or something.
0: Was it that bad?
1: It was bad. It might have been twenty-four-seven. Might have been twenty-four-seven, but um, yeah, it was. It was the uh, the ultimate. You remember? I'm sure you remember the Bill Simmons rankings, but it was the ultimate uh, stomach punch game for me.
0: Yep, no doubt. Uh, Number five, Central Michigan at home. All the asterisks.
1: (laughs) It was pretty bad. They were, what, a 25-point favorite or 30 or something? Yeah, something big. I I sort of discount the non-conference. I I don't think those are as – they're not as meaningful, right? Because you can lose all your non-conference games still in the conference championship. It just doesn't – it doesn't matter as much to me as as the Big 12. And that's why I put Kansas State up there because – just those conference; those are a big deal. I mean, especially when you're still alive for the for the conference championship. So I, I I didn't rank the non-conference ones as high.
0: Let the record show: Ramon Richards got an interception for them to win the game against Central Michigan, and they couldn't run the clock out. Yeah, that's one thing I'll say about Glenn Spencer's defense: they get shredded, but they do provide a key turnover to let the offense go win the game. Think about Kansas State last week. Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State. Texas. Central Michigan, Texas. The Central Michigan game. There, there's more that I'm forgetting. Pitt. Yeah, the Pitt game. Yeah. Uh, at Stillwater. There's, OU. There's a, OU. a long list. OU this year. Yeah. And so, Keep
1: Spencer. Keep him.
0: <laughs> he, uh, those warrior poems really pay off in the fourth quarter. <laughs> so they get those turnovers. Uh, number six, at home. I don't really like this one. I might put this off the list. 2014 at home against Texas. They get housed. But for me, Kyle, like, When I'm ranking worst losses of Gundy era, like, if OSU's bad, it's hard for me to rank one as a bad loss.
1: Yeah, that's fair. It was just such a low point. Like, it was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, will this ever end? You know? And, you know, Dax gets – I guess he got a concussion or whatever, and they bring Rudolph in. And it just – I don't know. It was just – felt like such a mess, and they couldn't – I think they got beat 28-7. to seven. Like, they couldn't even score, and it, it was just – it was atrocious. Did you hear Gundy talking about the 2008 Texas loss, by the way, on Monday?
0: How he forced – he didn't throw to Dez enough?
1: Yeah, he he goes tried to get fancy and, ju- you know, ju- just got it – basically got out of his world. He's like, I-, I don't know why I didn't just throw it to best player on the field. Just throw it to Des. Just get it to well, Dez.
0: They did on the play that failed. They did like an inside tunnel screen to Dez, and
1: it failed. Yeah, the that, game. that that's the game that they should have brought Wheedon in from midfield to throw the throw the bomb.
0: <laughs> I don't think they got to midfield. I think they were still in their own territory at that point.
1: Yeah, they were. Well, they might have been on like their own forty-five. Be even better reason to bring him in. I don't think Zach could get it to the end of the to the zone.
0: Speaking of bring, bringing Whedon in the game, two thousand nine at OU. Uh, th- all the third down toss sweeps on third and 20 all the punts you say Quinn Sharp had 600 yards of punting he did 656 14 punts I was at this game I was filming the game for channel five and uh or I was channel four at the time and I just kept panning over to Whedon just to see if he was warming up at any point and to, alas that the ball cap never came off and then it was more that was a that was one of the more demoralizing losses because, oh, you really wasn't that good. They couldn't do anything on offense, but they gave up a, a punt return to Ryan Broyles, and that was kind of all she wrote.
1: How good was Ryan Broyles? Pretty good. One of, one one of the best great, to ever to play. One of the great what-ifs. Could have had Broyles, Dez, and Justin Biteman in the same receiving, <laughs> receiving core. core.
0: Yeah, would, it, would, would he have played with
1: Dez? Well, yeah. Or would Blackman he, have played? He, he would have. Dez would have had to stay another year after 09, which he wasn't going to do. But They, they would have it, been
0: on the same roster.
1: It was feasible that they all could have played together in 2010 in Stillwater. God. That, that, that would have been pretty good. That would have been insane because Broyles might have been your third guy. Or Blackman might have been your third guy.
0: He would have been early because he had a, just a very minuscule uh, first season. Yeah. And number 8 uh, at Troy 2007 again I, I don't think OSU was very good but they did get they did get wrecked so Yeah, I understand that, where you're coming from.
1: That was an, I I could be talked into doing anything with that game. It was just kind of embarrassing. It's like and and I think especially back then. I think now when you lose to a non-power 5 team it's like I mean Troy beat LSU this year. Like stuff happens, you know. Um, and LSU has turned out to have a somewhat okay season, I guess. I I just, I think back then it was a little bit more embarrassing than it is now to get beat by a team like that.
0: Um,
1: yeah. And I guess the the game I was
0: thinking of was 2014. So it kind of, it's hard to pick any game from 2014. They were just so bad, but I remember that West Virginia game at home. Where they got wrecked, thirty-four to ten. That was mm-hmm. that was up there for me mentally. And then uh, at TCU that year too, they lost
1: forty-two to nine. So
0: you could basically throw in the entire twenty fourteen season, <laughs> even though they almost beat,
1: even though they almost beat Florida State in game one, which is insane. I like when I'm going through seasons mentally. I always forget that. I always put the Florida State game in either thirteen or fifteen. I never remember <laughs> that it, that it was in twenty fourteen. Yep. So, uh, we need a toast, Carson. It's time for the Coupel Works Toast of the Week. Coupel Works bring great-tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the Bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the Refreshing Horny toad Blonde. For your next watch party, tailgate, or get together with friends, enjoy a cold Coupel Works, and please remember to drink responsibly. Uh, who are you toasting this week, Carson? I'm going to toast a
0: Saturday Siren. Not to Tyron. Are we sure Tyron was even at the game on Saturday? I got an he, email. He, I got some emails about
1: that. I do not
0: know. Uh, oh, was he legitimately not there?
1: No, I don't know. Just people were emailing me saying, where was Tyron? And I, uh, and, okay. I, and, I and I don't have the answer.
0: I, I didn't see him. I, who knows, but, uh, I'm going to toast Saturday siren to James Washington. Uh, he's up for the Blitnikoff. He's a finalist going up against David Sills and Michael Gallup from Colorado state. And, um, just an unbelievable career. Uh, I said he's the best deep threat I've ever seen at the college level. I'm interested to see what his uh, – I'll look it up now. But his yards per catch has to be up there on the all-time list of anyone who's ever played college football. He's been that good at uh, the deep ball. Let's see here.
1: I think for, for the number of catches he has, I think it's probably the highest ever. He's averaging
0: you, 21.6 yards per catch you th- got this to- year. 19.9. So basically 20 for his career.
1: Yeah. You've got some guys and I think is it uh, is uh, Colin, Colin Johnson on Twitter that puts out the, it would take this many catches of zero yards for him to have the same average as <laughs> have you seen yeah. that? Yeah. It's hilarious because it would take him like a hundred catches of zero yards to reach like Dewan Woods's average or whatever, whatever <laughs> the numbers are. It's pretty funny, but yeah, um, but
0: he's, he's been special. And again, it's, you know, a testament to Casey Dunn. That guy deserves a raise. Uh, Mike Gundy said his presser that, you know, he wasn't sold on James Washington. Casey Dunn was just in love with them and took Gundy going to like a basketball game and watching him jump and touch the top of the backboard for him to be like, Oh, okay. He's a pretty good athlete. Uh, so he unbelievable career. Uh, I never thought I'd hear, I never thought I'd see someone get close to Rashawn's record, which he is. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, and, uh, uh
0: he, I think he's going to win the third, third school's third Blitnikoff. So all the all the Saturday sirens for him.
1: I think he needs 175 yards on Saturday to pass Rashawn, which is just it, it was unfathomable to me after Rashawn left to, to be able to have that long of a career and be that good uh, is is crazy. H- how how much fun would it be to go on a recruiting trip with Mike Yeah. <laughs> pretty fun
0: like uh like to to tiny stanford texas like a real yeah. road trip
1: with them can you, can you imagine going to a basketball game with a uh, high school basketball game with mike gundy it'd be, it'd be unbelievable
0: that'd be pretty fun
1: he probably would he probably thinks he can like ball against it, like play
0: yeah he's critiquing like form on jump shots and nah, uh, they got to cock the elbow a little a little, yeah. a little a little left how many barry sanders stories does he share during the game <laughs>
1: That's, that's my, forget having him on the podcast. That's my dream, like, scenario. Just, just go recruiting with Mike Gundy. it would be the best. See, mine Um,
0: is, uh, mine is, I used to see, you know, before Eddie Sutton got to the, this he is now where he's down uh, in a wheelchair. But he used to sit right below the lettering of Gallagher Iba years ago, even when, right when Ford and when Sean were the coach. Yeah, and yeah. my dream was just to sit next to Eddie for a college basketball game yeah. and just hear the the knowledge he was probably spouting off the entire time or the great stories. Like that, That to me, is still my
1: number one. I bet he's got some some great Desmond stories. Um, I am going to toast uh, an F5. I don't even know why we say what we're toasting. Everybody knows what we're toasting. But um, Brandon Everett. We haven't talked a lot of basketball, but he's been uh, outstanding so far this season. Double digits in all four games. Was maybe the best player on the floor against Texas A&M for stretches, which <laughs> might not be a great thing if you're Oklahoma State. But uh, I just I love watching him play. You know, he's not a great shooter. He's not the he's not very big, but he goes hard. He plays great defense, uh, and he's just super fun to watch. So I'm I'm uh, I'm toasting an F five to Brandon Everett. Yeah, he's been really good. He's been a uh, pleasant surprise. Problem is you need him to be like your seventh best guy, and he might be like their third or fourth best guy. Um, so, yeah, the, the Oklahoma State game just started, by the way, so I'm re- we're recording this as I'm watching. Um, we need to talk uniforms, Carson. Let's get to this week's uniform review brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Um, what'd you think? Orange, black, black, kind of a new helmet, although not really. They just had the, the stripe down the middle. What were your thoughts on Saturdays? Uh, yeah, attire? I'm never, I'm never a fan
0: of the, the helmet being different colors than both the jerseys and pants. Um, the, I guess the one, two, two combo you call it or two, one, one, whatever you want to phrase it. Um, I like the alterations to the orange chrome helmet. If they're going to wear it, I think that was a good switch up. I think that looked pretty good with the black jerseys and the black pants. But I kind of agree with – my dog's in here now. She wants to contribute to the podcast. Uh, I kind of agree with Justin Southwell's grades as far as the the orange chrome helmet just being beaten to a pulp. I'm I'm over it. I would have loved to have seen a a black chrome brand on that helmet with the uniform they wore. I think I would have passed out in the press box had we seen that. But um, all in all, it it was a solid combo. Didn't hate it.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't love it. I I don't love the 122. Two. They they did it. They first did it I think with um Well, they first did it with in 2009, the Colorado game. Didn't they go white white black, black? Yeah. Cuz they didn't have any other helmets. Um I just I just don't like it. I don't it doesn't matter what the what the uh and especially I don't like it with the all black. I I just it kind of it looks goofy to me. Um and yeah, I, I'm over the Big scary Pete or whatever, whatever we're calling it. So, I thought it was kind of below average. Not, not my favorite. Yeah,
0: I've been uh, overall. I've been kind of disappointed in the combos in general. Haven't you?
1: I thought Bedlam was kind of made up for a lot of that, though. (laughs) Bedlam was insane.
0: Bedlam was fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, but but specifically the road looks haven't they've they've tinkered a little bit, which I don't mind. I, I like the fact they're willing to try something new. But um, just a little bit underwhelmed. And, and again, I, we, do we know who picks? Like, I think it's just like the equipment guys now, right? Because before, like in 2011, they're like, "Oh, Weeden and Blackman. They the captains go in there and pick what we're wearing each game." Like, I don't even I don't even know what the process is anymore.
1: They should allow us to pick a game.
0: <laughs> yeah, right.
1: No, be, why not?
0: They gonna let, they gonna let us call plays too? What are you talking about?
1: No, we could pick a. Well, no, that's totally different. If you, I mean, this is it's like a thing. Like people know that we're in that we're like. Like we covered Oklahoma State uniforms, like legitimately, nobody else does that. Yeah, I think they should
0: put out a poll on Twitter. I don't think we did We need to decide. I think the the fans should be allowed to vote. No,
1: I don't trust people. The, they they they'd end up they'd end up with the, <laughs> up with the, the all uh, orange, all orange. Yeah, yeah, they would. They here's what would happen, Carson. They'd end up all orange, and then they'd wear the the Ed Hardy helmet, and it would Ooh. be it would be Ooh. the the embarrassment of the year. It would be so, it would be a not top 10. It would be awful.
0: Okay. Well, what, what would you pick if you could pick anything? Cause we, we do predictions, but if you could just pick your own, what would you pick for the wear
1: The last game, last game. Wow. That's uh, putting me on the spot here. Um, yeah. I think, I think you got to go orange, orange jerseys. They haven't worn those very much at home this year. They've been going black. Well, at the end of the season, they've been going black. Um, I would go, I would go orange jerseys, black helmet with the, like they did for bedlam and I guess black pants.
0: Yeah. That's a good look. That's, that's my number one or number two, but just to be different, I'll do the, uh, the orange chrome helmet they wore last week with a black face mask and black stripe, but with a black brand chrome Mm, brand Yeah, and black Jersey orange pants. How mean would that look?
1: Yeah, it'd be pretty good. i like updated
0: I'll, version of, uh, or wait. Yeah, that's orange, black, orange. I was, e- I was even going to say, uh, the helmet you talked about with the, with the brand that they wore in Bedlam and black jersey and orange pants.
1: Yeah. I like the orange pants a lot. I, I, they I pop, a,
0: man, they pop, and we haven't yeah. seen those hardly at all.
1: I know it's a strong, that's a strong combination. Um, okay. Let's hear one last time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit, and then we will uh, come back and wrap up. We'll actually make some picks for this weekend, I guess, um, because we won't – not that anybody cares about the Kansas picks, but we won't be around uh, for the rest of the week. So uh, here's Chris's, and we'll be back. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, um, final thoughts, Kansas picks. Uh, well, we'll just do this. We I won't, I won't make you give a score. Is, is Oklahoma State going to cover the uh, 40-point? Yeah.
0: <laughs> no. No, they're not. I mean, it's going to be such a hard game to play because the stadium will be empty. You you watch game film all week. It's Kansas. They stink. They're not any good. Uh, I know it's the last game for, for Rudolph and Washington. They'll want to play well, but I just think once – Once they're up, the incentive to run it up is just completely gone. So I'll say no.
1: Uh, I'll say they do. Kansas' Kansas' offense is what Oklahoma State's defense needs to see right now. It's really bad. Uh, Although they did score like 28 on Texas somehow or 24 or something like that. Uh, I'll say they cover it. I'll say they, they put up 60 and only give up like 14 or something like that.
0: Have you applied for credentials to the camping world bowl against Virginia Tech? <laughs> like, what a like what a downer that's gonna be. Who who's who's making that trip?
1: Are they is Oklahoma State the biggest disappointment in college football this year? Well, I mean non Florida State edition.
0: <laughs> uh I mean It's been a great year think, for I don't you, think I go that, I don't think I go that yeah, I know. I don't think I go that far. Um you know, was Tennessee ranked to start the year? <laughs> they went, like, winless in the SEC. Like, I, there's far bigger disappointments, but they're certainly up there as far as what their expectations were, no doubt about
1: it. Yeah. Yeah, they are, just because they're picked by so many people to win the conference. I, I think that's what I look at. I look at, you know, who's picked to win the conference and just completely – I mean, they might not even finish – Um, I guess they'll finish third if they win this weekend, but it's, it might be a tie for third with Iowa state and Texas. Uh, it's it's kind of disappointing. I mean, it's really disappointing.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you would have said nine and three, don't even make the big 12 title game before the year. Like people would be like, Whoa, that would be a huge disappointment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, well, as we usually do, we're going to end this on a, on a downer down note. Uh, we've been, we've been doing that a lot recently. (laughs) Uh, any any basketball thoughts? Oh, I think
0: I think Mike Boynton. I, I I appreciated his his tweet about losing. It's unacceptable, but I think they're going to lose a lot of games.
1: Did we ever hear <laughs> that from Travis Ford?
0: No, he blamed everyone under the sun but himself. Um, we didn't hear that one time in ten years. So that
1: that is that's refreshing.
0: That's uh, definitely refreshing. Yeah. Uh, they, but they're they're in for a long year, Kyle.
1: They are. They they play hard, they play reasonably good defense, they just they struggle offensively. And they're going to all year. They just and they struggle on the interior defensively. I mean, Texas A and M on, on Monday night, they I mean they've got pros, so it's a little different. They've got a lottery pick and another NBA worthy guy inside, but um just the the Mitchell Solomon Lucas Gasson combo is not uh, not getting it done for me defensively <laughs> inside, uh, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who they're going to beat. I don't know how good they're going to be, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. It, it, it'll be it'll be intriguing. We'll be here to cover it.
0: Yeah, we'll cover it on the pod. Just I'm already getting like Underwood flashbacks from last year. So how much fun that was the first month of the season.
1: It was, and then they started the Big Twelve 0 and 8.
0: Yeah, that was a roller coaster last year <laughs> yeah
1: they, they they go to maui and just you know house georgetown and who, who else did they beat out there they lost to north carolina they beat somebody else it was uh at least a decent name and then you go 0 and eight in the big 12 and then you finish out and i don't know it was, it was a crazy year um but there's just i mean and i think that's the story there's just so little continuity in the basketball program of late that you got to you got to give it some years to to kind of uh, to, to to cultivate what's what's happening and, and and let it grow a little bit. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if Mike wins the the recruiter that everybody thinks he is without uh, without Lebron Evans.
0: Yeah, we'll see. So.
1: but I, I better go
0: watch that game because yep. I'm anchoring tonight. So
1: enjoy your Thanksgiving, Carson. Uh, yeah, season, happy Thanksgiving season, to you. The season's been a blast, even if the results haven't been. Uh, what people expected it's it's still been fun to uh to argue about chat about and discuss so i uh, you, hope your family has a has a good time this thanksgiving and uh, i will see you are you gonna be in Stillwater on saturday uh
0: no i'll probably be in norman that's a mm. much bigger game um plus just want to wish you happy thanksgiving as well good luck wrangling the uh, osu offense aka your children and uh <laughs> happy thanksgiving man
1: <laughs> yeah dude we will uh talk to you next week all right
0: man see ya